Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions, whether it is millions in your bank account, millions of followers, or today we're going to talk about how to get millions of people to respond to you when you sell one to many. I am here with the man, the myth, and the legend. If you guys have been following webinars, Alex Hermosi, Russell Brunson, Joe Polish, any of these people, they all say this is the Bible when it comes to webinars. If you see my copy, if you're on YouTube, you can see how much it's highlighted. I got a bunch of bookmarks in there. My guest today, Jason Faladin, is the guy when it comes to webinars. He started off completely different place. We're going to get into his story. But if you want to know how to sell from stage, any stage, whether it's a webinar, whether it's a virtual event, whether it's a live event, we spent like 20 minutes before coming on camera going over stuff. I was blown away by the depth of his knowledge. I always want to know how much people are real and how much people are fake. And this guy is 100% legit. Jason, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Steve, I'm doing better than good. Awesome. I love it. Um, thanks for taking a moment to chat with us. So, I mean, I just, I'm blown away by all of your success, all the knowledge that you have, but you started off as a house painter in small town, Iowa. Like when I said that, what image popped in your head? Like where does that take you back to? And how'd you get from there to where we are today? It's gotta be a great story. Yeah, it doesn't seem that long ago, but man, I guess it kind of is now because this is a bit, what a bit about 2007, uh, really 2006 was at uh, the end of my painting career, if you will, where I started to finally turn the corner. 2007 is when I made my first money online, which wasn't a lot, and it was at the end of 2007. But yeah, painting houses, I, I, I was making $12 an hour, and it was miserable. And we, I lived in a, a, like Iowa City suburb. We did a lot of our painting in, in Cedar Rapids, so I'd have to drive like 30, 40 minutes in the morning, you know, paint all day, and then drive 30, 40 minutes home. And we we painted almost seven days a week. Uh, I worked for a guy. He was he was a mentor to me in business in some ways, um, in, but he was very driven and very demanding. So we worked really hard, and I, I wasn't getting rich doing that. So I was like, I got to figure out a better way to make money than to make 12 bucks an hour. <laughs> sure. I mean, they, you know, Tony Robbins always says like, it's either the pain of staying the same or the pain of change, which is worse. And that sounds like for you, just like for me, the pain of staying the same was worse. So you'd made the decision to change. How did you get started into webinars? I know some of the stories I've read and I've heard, but I'd love to hear you tell how you like one day woke up and you were like, I'm going to go do this. Yeah. I, uh, the only reason I was painting in the first place is because I started to, I tried to launch a music business and went completely broke. So I had to paint out of a necessity of feeding myself. So I'd already had a massive stinging failure in business, like a colossal flop, but I never felt that way. I never looked at it that way. I was like, I just tried this thing and this happened. So I was painting out of necessity, but I had this itch at towards the end of my music career. I was like, I, I had the epiphany that it's marketing that makes the business, whatever business you're in. If you're a chiropractor or a dentist, like we were talking about earlier, some of the people you served, right? You're in two businesses. You have to be a chiropractor, but then you have to be in the business of chiropractic. And so you have to be a specialist at two things. You have to be an expert at two things. And so towards the end, as I saw the sinking ship of my music career, go under, 
is when I understood I had to be a business person. So I was studying that part-time while painting houses. So before I'd go to work in the morning, I would try to do stuff online to make money. And then at the end of the day, I try to do stuff online to make money, which didn't leave me much time to do that. So my big breakthrough happened one day when uh, we usually did interior work, painting houses, um, knew these quad plexes would go up and we'd go in there and spray them, tape them off, paint them. Uh, but rarely, but occasionally we do exterior work and we were doing exterior work this day and it was raining outside. So we finally got a day off and this was the longest streak we had been working up until that point. We worked 22 days straight without a day off, got a day off. And I said, this is the day where everything changes. Uh, so I went home. I had tried to be making money as a side hustle by writing these articles and publishing them online and promoting affiliate offers. Uh, and that was making less than painting houses was. Uh, but I had a skill where I could write articles now pretty efficiently. So that day when I got a day off from painting houses, I went home and I wrote 10 different articles on 10 different topics to show a portfolio of my versatility of the articles I could write. And then I threw up a one page website, ugly as the day is long. Then I went to a forum called the warrior forum, which was the biggest internet marketing forum at the time. And these forums back then, you could set up a, a forum signature in your profile. So every time you posted something or responded something on a forum, it'd have a little signature, uh, kind of like an email signature these days. And I put a, a signature that was something like uh, high quality articles, $3.25 a pop, something stupid like that. Check out my website for more information. And I went, so I put that as my signature. I went in and I just answered some questions. So people would ask a question on, on a forum. And I'd respond to it without hard selling what I do or trying to sell my services. It was just a PS essentially. And mm -hmm. I got three paying clients in the first 24 hours doing that. Within seven days, I quit painting houses because I'd already replaced my income um, from painting houses with writing these articles. And I didn't have to drive anywhere in order to do it, nor did I have to work for anybody in order to do it. So that was my first big breakthrough. And that went well for six months. But I'll tell you, Steve, after writing articles from everything from microdermabrasion to buckwheat pillows and plus size lingerie, right? Uh, it got old real quick. Right. I imagine, I imagine it did. Like I, I know the very first thing that I did, I actually sold pool cues, like pool, like playing pool online. Yeah. And it was horrible because it was at first, like, I remember the first sale came in. I actually went down. I found my roommates. And I was like, pour some shots. We're all doing shots. We did shots and I was like, this is gonna be awesome. One week later, I was like, get me as far away from this as I can. Like if I see one more pool, I, to this day, I won't play pool. Cause it like, I was stuck in that for like four months. So, That's funny. but I, what I wanna go back to, the thing that stuck out to me is like, you had that day where you planted a stake in the ground. You're like, this is the day that everything changes. If you could yep. see this on YouTube, like your state changed when you said that. You had a physical mm -hmm. reaction, here we are, 15, 18 years later, what, like walk us through that. Cause I feel like so many budding entrepreneurs, they say like, I'm going to go do this thing. I'm going to go do webinars or I'm going to go build a funnel or I'm going to start an ads agency or I'm going to sell widgets online, whatever it is. And they don't actually like, they, they sit down at their computer and they stare. And then it's like, oh, YouTube's over here. The dog needs walked or the house needs cleaned. Like what made it a difference for you right then? If you, I don't know if you can quantify it, but. Yep. Yeah, I can. So like, I just would never get the momentum going before because I could only work an hour here or two hours there or an hour here or two hours there. 
when you combine that. So I never had too much of an issue with taking action. Ironically, I have more of an issue today than I did back then. Uh, the good news is, is today I don't have to take much action and I can make a tremendous amount of money from the very little action that I do take. Uh, so it's ironic. I have more of an issue with procrastination and productivity today. Back then I was a firecracker. I was young and I was stupid and I was motivated and I was naive and I didn't know all the ways in which something could fail. I just couldn't build the momentum. So I would, I'd have these spurts. And the other issue was when I would get the time to do it, I would be too exhausted because I'd been working so hard. So I wasn't properly leveraged. So this was a time when I, like, like I said, the longest consecutive amount of days we worked straight. So I'm just like, I was desperate to break that pattern. So I already had cultivated the muscles of being able to sit down and work. I can now just do it in one interrupted spurt. So I spent the whole day that day, eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours straight. And that allowed me to, because up until then, I only had articles that were in the dating niche. So I was writing as an affiliate in the dating niche. The only reason I was writing as an affiliate in the dating niche was because when my mom and my dad got divorced, my dad bought uh, advanced dating series by David D'Angelo, AKA Evan Pagan, right? Which is a small world. Oh Cause goodness. later on I would sit down and help Evan with a webinar that he had. Right. Uh, but that's in the future. So I had this material and I heard Evan paid 200% on his front end offer, double your dating ebook. So I'm like a 200% affiliate offer. I'll promote that. So I had written articles on, on dating. So I'm like, I can't show this to potential clients because that's the only articles I have. So I'm like, that one day I knew what needed to be made to work was 10 articles in 10 different niches. So I wrote 10 articles in a single day and I knew I needed a website. So I put the, a website together uh, and and I was able to sprint all that out all at once. Whereas before I never had the bandwidth to do that, nor was I properly leveraged. I wasn't to the point of desperation yet, even though I'd put in hundreds of hours into the business. Um, I just never could churn the corner. And this was the first opportunity where I could see I turned the corner. And by the way, Steve, if I didn't do it then, who knew when I could do it? Because are we going to do 20 more consecutive days of painting after that? Oh my God, I hope not. So it was a combination of, of, of being able to finally create momentum and the desperation of the pain of what I had just went through uh, really made sure that I sucked it up, even though I was hurting, tired, bleeding, uh, and normally, probably under normal circumstances, couldn't do it. But it's kind of like the mother that picks up the, the car from the kid underneath of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was tapping into a short supply of adrenaline to run it through the day. That's, I mean... It, it you, you where some people would have said I worked 22 days straight I decided to have a day off I decided to sleep in you were like no I I don't want to do this again I don't want to see things in the future negatively so I'm going to change it and yep. I I applaud you for that it actually brings me to the first quote I want to pull out of your book and ask a question around if you guys haven't picked up this book the link to it on Amazon is in the show notes definitely check it out one of the best books that you will ever read, not just on one to many sales, but in persuasion, copywriting, like all of it is in here. So I'm going to read this quote to you. I think it tees up kind of what we're talking about. Commitment orientates your audience towards the future, not the past. If you study the greatest geniuses, the truly creative problem solvers, they have the ability to look into the future and bring it to the present. This is in direct opposition to most people can't make progress around a challenge because they are often looking to the past for the solution. 
you didn't look to the past when you were painting to say like, I'm going to do more painting. You said, how do I never do that again? The future I want is this, how do I do it? And then you actually had the gumption to get out of bed and do it. Um, yep. Probably didn't know bit. what I was doing back then, Steve, right? Because if yeah. I'd have understood now, I would have done more with that quote, bringing the, the future into the present more. And, and I just used the past as a fear to run away from it, right? And I probably got lucky as, as much as anything. Although, you know, you give a you give a give me enough lottery tickets, I'll eventually win the lottery kind of a thing. Um, that quote you're talking about is a great quote because when people come to your webinars or any sales event, they come with tremendous amount of baggage. They're looking for ways in which this won't work so they can uh, they can be they can confirm the reality that they know. So if somebody's tried something a hundred times and it hasn't worked, it's logically consistent for the hundred and first time not to work. I've tried a hundred times to do X, tried a hundred times to lose weight, and I've gained weight. So any rational, sane person would say, if I do it again, the chances of me failing are near 100%. Now, they don't want that. So they cling to this small sliver of hope that perhaps this time can be different than before. But that sliver of hope is battling against the past demons and the baggage and the excuses and the limitations real or imagined that they're also bringing to the table. And so if we can take the promise of what it could be, which is a distant future abstract thing, and bring it to the present so it's all they can focus on, then they can no longer focus on their deficiencies. So that's, that's where that comes into place, and that's how that's designed. Now, I'll give you a great example of this. So when I was writing articles, I, I developed a strategic byproduct if I built a system where you could write articles very quickly on any topic from scratch with no prep work. Um, so for like five months, I walked around saying I should write an info product on this. I should sell the educational process, but I never did it. And the reason I didn't do it was because I'm like, well, I don't know how to sell anything like that. I've never done that before. Uh, it seems like a lot of work to create that ebook. Where would I go to market it? Why would anybody buy from me? I don't know how to write a sales letter. Just piling up of excuses, right? Uh, and that that stopped me from taking action for many, many months. And then again, out of desperation, one day I sat down and was like, Every time I tried to create an info product on it before, it was half finished at best. And I came to this conclusion that if I ever stopped the product, I would never complete it. So therefore, I had to complete the product in one sitting. So I said, what would need to be true in order for me to do that? So I wrote a book and it was only six pages long, maybe seven, six or seven pages. I've never been able to find it. And it was called How to Write a 400-Word Article in Seven Minutes or Less, Including Proofreading and Research, right? And then I said, okay, the product's done. I don't know how to write a sales letter, so let me write that in one sitting. So I wrote the the simplest sales letter you ever did. I, I essentially it went like this. I said, I'm confident I can cut your article writing time in half the first time you read this ebook. And I'm only going to charge you four dollars. And if you don't feel you got your money's worth, I'll give you your four measly dollars back. Go here and buy this. I mean, there was a little bit more to it, but not much, right? Because it's a seven-page ebook that I'm selling for four bucks because I was scared out of my mind, Steve. I didn't want somebody to pay me money, be disappointed, and then get mad at me. So I'm like, how do we remove that obstacle? We just charge a stupidly dumb small amount of money. And, and so that's how I did that. And then I watched as thousands of people ended up buying the product because I went to that same Warrior Forum. I took out a $20 classified ad 
uh, and, and put it in a forum post. I didn't put it on a sales page anywhere. We just put it inside the forum. That's how we did it back then. And I launched this and people bought the product. They went through it and they reported back 10 minutes later saying, oh my God, this actually works. And so the social proof did the selling for me. And that's that blew my mind. Um, so if I was focusing more on helping people and less on my own uh, my own deficiencies, I would have done it sooner and I would have seen success and compounded that sex, success much greater and it would have been more pleasurable. So I was too busy focusing on my own deficiencies. When the when the success stories came in, oh my God, I used to write articles in an hour. Now I wrote an article in 15 minutes. People saying, Jason, you gave me my life back. You've just saved 15 hours off of my life. And they only paid $4 for that. Then I got into the business very slightly. I didn't quite get it then, but I started the seed had been planted that, oh my God, if people are in distress and I can throw them a life raft and they're drowning, that's the easiest motivation to get something done that I've ever seen on this earth. And it feels good too. Uh, and so that was the start of it. That's, I mean, seeing your transition just right there. One thing I want to like, I love mindset stuff. I know that it's not the sexiest thing in the world, but we all know that that is the thing that changes everything. So you went from painting, I'm going to write articles. I'm going to get the ebook done. You asked the key question, which is what, would need to be true to have this outcome. Yep. That's like one of the best questions. We actually have that hanging in our living room um, mm -hmm. because it's it, every, any, any question you're struggling with always comes back to that. So you asked that, you wrote it in one day, you did the sales page in one day. I'm guessing you put it, you did the post in one day. Yep. You start seeing money come in. How did your mindset, this is a direct question around mindset, like, so you start making some money, you start generating some, how did your mindset switch? I know, like, for me, myself, like I had several years in the beginning where we did 100 to 150k top line. And that led to like 30 to 50k net for me. And there was a big switch that finally flipped, where I went from like 150 to like, anywhere from 800 to like 1.2. Right. And that like that switch, I've, I've tried to like quantify it for myself and like tell people what it is. There's just something that happens where you believe that you can really do it. And it, the process is not crazy hard anymore. Mm. Do you know where that happened for you in there to take you from the ebook to webinars to yep. I mean, you, you did massive webinars. Yeah, record breaking webinars. Yeah. To this day, they still hold the record. Uh, yeah, I know exactly where it happened. So the first thing that occurred, Steve, and I'm very one-dimensional at that time, maybe even to this day, I'm monomaniacally focused on something. I get obsessed with something and then I just go in on it and everything else disappears. So I'm like, I'm just going to repeat this process. One problem that I'm going to solve, I'm going to give it one solution and I'm going to create the thing in one sitting, and I'm going to sell it stupid, dumb, cheap. All I got to do is go around and listen to all of these problems and complete, uh, complaints that people are, are frustrated with, and then I got to find solutions for them. Even if I'm not an expert on them today, I can become an expert on them in short order. Uh, and what I discovered was the greatest appeal I could do at the time wasn't, here's how to make more money. It was, here's how to save a bunch of time. So the thing that takes you eight hours, I want to figure out how to do it in four. The thing that takes you four hours, I want to figure out how to do it in two. Because it's, it's an easy math equation. If you, if you do this thing 10 times a month and it saves you two hours each time you do it, I saved you $20, 20 hours. 
So if I charge you $10 to save you 20 hours, unless you live in a country where you make $150 a month, you just, you've made a absolutely steal of a savings. You've gotten the better end of the deal by far. And it's easy for the end user to understand that. So I was just selling time at a discount. So I would go around and say, what are other issues people are struggling with? Well, emails, writing email copy is not that different than writing articles. And some of my clients had asked me to start writing emails for them. So I modified the system. I came up with something and I sold that. And then uh, creating the info products, I built the system to sell that. So I taught people how I was creating these info products and so on and so forth. So for a period of eight or nine months, I was launching, I try to launch a product every week. So I'd launch a product every week or two. I'd say, what's a topic that even if I knew nothing about, uh, in one day of a deep dive, I could find out a more efficient way to get the same results and save people a whole bunch of time. Uh, and then I'd create those products. What I didn't realize, Steve, was I was developing a, a ton of different skill sets that separately were valuable that when combined together had a multiplicative effect. Um, so, you know, I'd teach people how to do productivity because I came became hyper-productive um, with launching these products. I became good at sales letters. I became good at content to, to, to create the products. Uh, I became good at different styles of marketing to sell that. I became good at listening to what audiences wanted. So then when the webinar occurred, I noticed that I saw, I saw the opportunity. I'm like, this webinar thing looks amazing, but it's a little too soon. So right on, right on away, when I started making money, I, I wanted to do webinars, but I waited. And I waited because I'm like, here's the issue with webinars right now. The internet connections aren't fast enough and the technology isn't stable enough but I know it's going to be soon. So I just, I, and then on I felt when the time was right, I said, okay, let me do a webinar. So I did my, my webinar, I was able to do because I could, I could combine what I was already doing over here and slightly change it for this new model. So what I was already good at, which was creating these products that people really liked that they could follow along step-by-step. Step, I'm like, let me just turn that into a webinar. So, so I eliminated all the other variables. I didn't have to learn seven skills at the same time that were net new. I could take the content, which was over in this form, written form. How do I turn it into a webinar? And let's just start there. My first webinar, Steve, uh, I did not sell a product on it. In fact, I created a product. And my invitation to my audience was, if you come to this webinar, I'm going to create a product and I'll give it to you for free if you show up. Otherwise, I'll sell it to you later. How many people showed up and then how many sales did you do on the back end of it? 17 people showed up to the webinar. 17. I got, I got the email. Let me see if I can pull it up right here because I find this fascinating. Because I went back recently and I looked it up because I wanted to be able to quote. And, and so let me read it for you. Sure. That's awesome. This is fascinating. And this, so I'll give you the date. So on September 4th, 2008, um, oh, th this was when I made the invitation. So then I came back on the 9th of September 9th. Oh, that's the other invita invitation. Okay, here we go. September 9th, uh, 2008. I said, I did the time management seminar Sunday and it was a complete success. I had over 200 people express an interest in it. 36 signed up for it. 17 showed up. So in my mind, Steve, I love how naive I was, right? I thought having 17 souls on live was just an unbelievably monumental result. 
I have clients today. And even back then they were like 17, I won't even put my shoes on for that. So I was so naive. I didn't care. 17 was a huge result for me. So that was my first webinar. And that was on September 9th, 2008, 17 people showed up. And it's so funny because, and I didn't remember this till I was reading this, this email, uh, Steve, but it, here's what happened. I, I said in this later on, I said, I went for two hours straight without a drink of water, just giving all the content I possibly could. Then the last half hour, I helped people start their action plans to put it to work immediately. Some of the attendees have already reported amazing results. Now here's where it's interesting. I said, now, as always, there's a downside to this. It was my first time using the technology. I forgot to hit record. Uh, you have to do that manually. So my software didn't record the webinar. However, I always have a backup. I also recorded it with Camtasia. But when I was done, I was so exhausted. I somehow either didn't save it right or forgot to save it or deleted it. So I lost that webinar as well. So even my backup plan fell through. So you're going to screw up, right? I screwed up. But, and this is the rest of the, the, the email, I said, but... I have spent the good part of yesterday and today recording the video over again, and I think it came out better since I had a trial run in front of a live audience to test out my concepts to see if I could explain them clearly. The video is now done. Its total running time is four hours, 14 minutes, and 40 seconds. <laughs> and, wow. and so then I explained to people, listen, I uh, if you showed up live, I'm going to give you these recordings. I said later on, I said those 17 who were there on the webinar will get the product for free. And then I said, the rest of you, I'll give it to you at a pre-launch special uh, price. Stay tuned for the next email. And then when I did, I did launch it, Steve, I learned a very valuable lesson. It was the greatest converting promotion at the time I ever did. And here's why. Because people saw they could have got it for free. They missed out on it. And I gave them a second chance. I said, listen, you missed out on it the first time. I'm going to sell it for $37. However, if you act in the next 48 hours, you can get it for 17 bucks. And so more people paid for it then got it for free, even though everybody could have got it for free. They missed it once. I yep. imposed the penalty, as I said I would, gave them a second chance, and then they demonstrated to me that they that they understood how fortunate they were in order to purchase this thing. And so it killed, man. I was like, damn, I'm making more money trying to give the product away for free and people refusing to do it for free and instead wanting to pay me for it than I am just trying to sell it to them. So it's a huge lesson. I mean, that is that is pretty awesome. Do you still ever do something like that again? You have more like tactics around webinars. I actually have a few written down I want to get into. But do you ever do that model? Because that model does seem like it would do really well. Yeah, I don't do it anymore. Um, it's because I we'd make more money doing other models. But for most other people, circumstance in context and skill set need to fit the individual or the organization. For most of the clients that I work with and most of the people I talk to, that model would probably be their most effective model. Let me see if I can get people to come for free and then reward those who do and then show everybody who missed it what all they missed. Look at all the wonderful things we did for those people who showed up and then give them a second chance. But I'll tell you that the, the biggest lesson for me, Steve, is everybody wants to, to jump from beginner to expert overnight. Like they want to go and they want to be a, a, a they want to use a webinar to sell something right away. Well, those are two distinctly separate skill sets, selling and, and teaching on a webinar. Like mm -hmm. one's from Mars, the other is from Venus. And so before you do one, do the other. So content is easy. So do content first and give, give your audience a, a frame of reference of when I do a webinar, great things happen. Start there. And then once you do that, then graduate and then consider selling. And that's what I did. Uh, that's how I was able to progress it was the second time I used a webinar. So the first time I used a webinar was pure content. 
Second mm-hmm. time I used the webinar, I said, hey, this little ebook I wrote over here that I used to sell for 17 bucks, it was a 12-step system. I got this great idea. The last time I did a, did a webinar, it was amazing. So I'm thinking if I take this ebook, uh, which people have been asking me to go more in depth on, and I'll just turn it into 12 weeks, one step per week, 12 weeks delivered on a webinar. And so I didn't sell this via a webinar. I sold this via a written sales letter, but fulfilled the product. So first we started with a free product. Then we turned yeah. into you pay me money and then I'll give you it. So think about this 12 webinars, which we later found out was too much for a series, but you don't know till you know, uh, at two hours a clip per webinar, 24 hours now of experience in the real world delivering value with the webinar as the model. That's the second time I used a webinar. And then the last time, this is really where it clicked for me, is the easiest thing to sell is a webinar that sells a series of webinars. Because you get to demonstrate, regardless of how good or poor you are at marketing, you give them the experience, you give them some of the experience, and then you say, would you like more of this? It's the naturalist, easiest sell. So we can, you know, and that's where I started developing closes. Like, listen, one webinar, one time ain't going to change anything. If you want true lasting results, you need me in your ear for the next six weeks. If we're going to take what you took today and turn it into something that will benefit you tomorrow. Uh, So, you know, you give them one experience and then you say, would you like this repeated over a period of time? You've now demonstrated your capabilities. So then this has really turned the corner for me. The first time I used a webinar to sell, I was selling more webinars as fulfillment. And so that's where I got good was doing that model. And then we started branching out. And then I started selling stuff that wasn't webinars on a webinar and then started selling software and affiliate stuff and coaching, consulting, and you name it. We figured out ways to use all of those uh, with the format of webinars. But that's really how I cut my teeth uh, in the webinar game. I mean, that it is a great progression. And you pointed out a few things. Anyone listening that wants to get better at webinars, right? The question I hear all the time from people is, I just want to do my webinar once. I want to turn it evergreen. I want to print money with it. Good luck, right? Like, thousands of hours, thousands and thousands and thousands. I know when I started speaking on stage, Dan Kennedy told me to practice for a minimum of four hours a day. He's like, if you can do that for 90 days, you might be good enough to be on stage to start. And that was like, that's where I started. You pointed out, like you started by delivering content first, which now if you're watching this, you have YouTube. Go start delivering content on YouTube, Facebook Live, Insta Reels, like anywhere that you can put content out. That's at least what I would see. Like get mm-hmm. comfortable delivering. You'll see your results pick up when you get better at presenting. You can, I had one guy, you know what the Marketer's Cruise is? I'm guessing you probably know yeah, what that is. Yeah, I do. Uh-huh. Um, I went on the Marketer's Cruise this year and I had a guy sit me down. He said, if you put if you put me on stage, I can sell my product. And I said, what is your product? And he said, well, I haven't created it yet. I said, how many times have you spoke on stage? And he was like, none, but I know I can sell it. I'm like, why don't you go do some stuff? Like put some content out, see how people react. Because you sitting here telling me, you want me to take a 300K flyer on you and like take a chance and build an event around you that we're going to split profits on. And you're telling me that you can sell and you have zero reps and zero proof. Like, come on. Yeah. You know, like it. You pointed out, like, you have to start somewhere and you get better over time. And then you start learning. And the more you do something, the more you have creative ideas about it. In the beginning, just do what works, do some content, then move into some sales. So you touched on something. I know you believe that a webinar should be two, three, four hours. 
Like you can go a long time because you're really just breaking down states, breaking beliefs, using states to get people moving forward. And this is the tactic that I feel like most people miss. So mm. I'm going to give you kind of free reign. It's not really a question. It's more a topic. How, <laughs> yeah. how long yeah. should a webinar be? And how do you actually use a webinar to make sales? I have some stuff highlighted on it, but I'm just going to let you run and I'll pull yeah. out the highlights. Yeah. I mean, I like long webinars. We've proven them to work superior to shorter webinars. Um, now we can guess at some of the reasons why Then I have my theories and I have techniques and tactics and strategies that will then lean into those theories. But at the end of the day, here's the premise. If you're going to truly change somebody's life, it's hard to do that in five minutes or 10 or 20 or 30. I think it's a small miracle to be able to do it in four hours in one sitting. So Steve, what everybody else is saying, four hours, that sounds like a really long webinar. So I'm thinking four hours, what a miracle of all miracles. I can't believe it's that fast, right? Because what are we really truly doing here? We're taking somebody who their whole life has been limited over here. And in one interaction, we are removing that limit. We are fighting against the totality of their existence. And we're doing it in one sitting. So that's kind of my attitude. Uh, now, <clears throat> I believe that a webinar, it, it, this is where it gets really interesting, right? So what we see on the surface of the webinar is not what a webinar actually mostly is, just like what we see happening persuasively is not what's really going on. So we watch a webinar and we see communication, we see education, we see information. Uh, Jim Rohn said it best. Um, it's 20% what you know, and it's 80% how you feel about what you know. And so mostly what we're doing on a webinar these days, which is sophisticated and it takes you a while to get there and you don't certainly need it when you get started. But these days, it's mostly about how do I get somebody in the right state of mind to be most conducive and receptive to the message that I'm communicating to them. So we don't we don't do information on webinars. We create transformation on webinars. The information is just window dressing. It's what people expect. So we have to give them some of that. But what we really have to do is facilitate and create the states that are going to make them most receptive to the message, which will then lead to the most highly successful outcome that they desire. And that's that takes a lot of time in order to do that. It's it's choreography. It can't be, you know, if one woman has a baby in nine months, that doesn't mean we can take nine pregnant women, put them together and get a baby in one month, right? There is a gestation period that occurs that you can't shortcut. Um, you can make it as efficient as possible. But for us to set those frames and to set those those states, it requires finesse. and But mostly it requires the ability to build trust with somebody. And the easiest way to build trust with somebody is to continue to exceed their expectation. And so if I've done that for four minutes, then 40 minutes is better than four. And then four hours is even better than that, right? Okay, so I've got a question around this. And I think I what I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. The biggest challenge that I see people give on a webinar is they want to teach their heart out, right? They're like, I know how to do this better than anybody. So I'm going to come in with teaching. Mm -hmm. And the paradox of value is that less is actually more. So how do you deliver yeah. value? without teaching everything, because I, I agree, but I want to hear how you do it and how you'd lay that out for somebody. Yeah. This was the big insight I got early on. Cause I used to do this, right. 
somebody had come to a webinar already confused on the topic, and I would leave them more confused than they were before they came to the webinar. And I'd say, oh, it took me a while to figure that out. I'd say they only knew four ways to be confused before my webinar. Now they know 17 ways, right? Because it's like, think about this. If we were teaching you how to write a headline, say you were a student of mine, how did Jason, how do you write a headline? I know so many different ways today on how to write a headline. Uh, but if you were my student, I would say, what is the way I could teach you? You could instantly understand, use, and write a good enough headline so you could cross it off your list of things to do and you don't have to think about it anymore. So I wouldn't show you all 17 or 27 ways in order to write a headline. I wouldn't even show you necessarily the objectively best way to write a headline. I would show you the way to write a headline based on your understanding and your capabilities. And then I wouldn't give you any other way but that way. And then I would help and set you up to expect in the future that this will get you going. This will unlock the door for you that once you walk inside, we'll have another door that you can open, but you don't know what that door is yet until you unlock this door. Uh, so that's where I'd set you up. And I would be more particularly concerned about if you're scared out of your mind, there's no amount of tech, there's no amount of information I can give you that's going to overcome that fear. So I either have to give you a bigger fear or I have to remove the fear that you already have. And that is more important than the information. Listen, if it was all about information, anybody with a library card would be a millionaire. And that's certainly not the case. It's the information, but it's the right information applied with the right amount of pressure in context that is gonna allow that individual to come to this conclusion. The conclusion is it's gonna be harder to not do this than it is to do this. It's going to cost me more not to do it than it is to do this. It is going to be more painful for me not to do this than to do this. You will make a sale 100% of the time, but the person realizes that it's going to be more expensive not to buy than it is to buy. And those are all emotional states. And so we give the information so they have direction and know what to do. And it's usually, it's usually more of a specific type of information, less of a general just gamut of information. And it's more about removing the doubt that they have as they act on that information and increasing the possibility of success and the feeling of aspiration and hope as they move forward with that information. And so you got to give space for that, Steve. Here's what happens. Nobody gives space for that. So they spend all this time educating and then they have no setup. They have no punchline. They have no payoff. No wonder why people are resistant to the information because there should be more space in the setup and the payoff then there should be in the information, right? So it should be like 40, 40, 20, 40% setup, 20% information, and then 40% payoff. So, so, but people do it the opposite way. 90% information, 5% uh, setup and 5% payoff. It's insane, right? Well, that's, I mean, that is, I agree. I have not heard it laid out that way, but I agree 100%. We always tell people to focus at the beginning. It's all about like what, what is possible? What is possible in the world for you? How do you need to look at it? What beliefs do we need to break? Like that kind of stuff. If we got into the really tactical piece, let's talk about, I think the place where everybody misses is the setup, right? Mm -hmm. We know people can build an offer. Like they'll put 90 things in a value stack and be like, look, I have this amazing offer. No one's buying. But where they really fall short is the setup. How yeah. would you teach people to build a setup. I know we don't have time to get into all the nitty gritty, but what would you lead people to do when it comes to setup? Because I think that is the biggest place where people fall short. 
Yeah, one of my favorite techniques is I lay out all of their excuses for them. Uh, so I'm like looking at a webinar. I just pulled it up right now. Uh, and I'm just, I'm going to show you, I lay down the frame very early on in the webinar where I explain to them, I'm like, what would you need in order to be successful at something? Uh, you would need it to look like this. And then I lay it down. When it comes to risk, you don't want to dive headfirst into a pool of water whose depths are unknown. You could break your neck that way. Ideally, you would have an approach where you could dip your toe in the water, check the temperature. If you like it, put the ankle in next and then scale up from there, go up from there, right? And so, I, so, so we're talking like risk. They think they have to take big risk in order to make successful. Uh, and I'm saying, well, perhaps there's another way. And then I start to lay, you need product. So for this webinar, I'm like, you need to sell a product, uh, not just a product, multiple products. If you really want to be successful in business, you got to have multiple products and they got to be high quality products and they got to be in demand. People got to want to buy them and they got to have enough profit there for you. And so I'm laying down all of their excuses for them. Their excuses are like, I'm not going to be able to create even one product, much less multiple products. Uh, I'm afraid of risk. I talk about traffic next early on the webinar where I say driving traffic is probably the hardest thing that anybody does to make money online. It's expensive. It's time consuming. It requires technical skills and already established businesses can outspend you and outsmart you. So how are you supposed to compete with that? Um, so I'm laying down all of these objections that they have. Conversion is another one. <clears throat> where I say most people don't realize how insanely hard it is to get a complete stranger to buy from you sight unseen just because they somehow magically stumbled on your website. You need to know right. what to say. You need to know what not to say. You need to have trust. And so I'm just laying down all of their excuses for them in the, in the cold, hard, naked light. And then I'm saying by the end of the webinar, you're going to discover exactly how you can move forward in spite of these limitations that you currently think that you have. And that's my, that's my go-to technique, especially to teach others is we lay it all out on the table right away. So that's a great setup. Uh, we don't answer it right away. We have the webinar to do that, but we put it on the table that I know what you're thinking and I don't care how scary it is and how afraid of it you are. I'm going to lay it out so you can hear it and that will give you hope. So that way, if I put anything in your brain, you won't kick it out. Because otherwise, if I don't address it right away, if I put something in your brain, you'll say, yeah, but, and then you'll spit it back out. And I right. will not land with my information. And so we put that in place up front. We set that up. I'll give you another really good one. This is super tactical. Everybody can appreciate this, right? So um, excuse me a second. I got to clear my throat. <clears throat> so most of my clients are scared out of their mind to sell. Um, the, here's an interesting thing I've observed, Steve. The better somebody is at what they do, the more scared they are to sell it. <laughs> I would agree. I would second that. Isn't that crazy, right? And, and I understand why, because to be a, a world-class expert means you had to sacrifice so many other things just so you could obtain that expertise. So you don't have much time left over to learn the art of selling. Uh, and you hope other people will sell for you. And you think just on the nature of how amazing and wonderful and great you are that the, the audience will know that they won't. Um, true expertise is only valuable after somebody's purchased your product, not before. And so finally, if you've made it through and you haven't quit yet, you realize if it's meant to be, it's up to me. I got to sell. So for these clients, when they come to me, this is the setup that I recommend they use. When it comes time to start closing, I say, lead like this. You say, what I'm about to do next makes me extremely uncomfortable. So if my voice cracks, if uh, my face becomes pale and white, and if I tremble and stutter, it's because I'm scared out of my mind right now. I'm going to try to sell you a product. And that just makes me so nervous and so fearful right now that forgive me if I make mistakes. However, 
because what I think I'm selling you today is so important. I'm willing to risk my own personal discomfort to put it in front of you. Here's what it's about, right? So we don't try to make them sound like a pro. We don't try to act like there's something that they're not. We actually use what they are to the greatest ability ever. We had this setup. I always joke, I'm like, I wish I could use that close. I think that's a <laughs> superior close to the closes that I use or the transitions or the setup uh, to the close. Because you know what that does with the audience? First of all, it really frames what you're doing as important. They're like, oh, wow, I better listen then. Because I've never heard anything like this before. This is, this is and by the way, it's what's more trustworthy. Uh, what's going to gain more rapport? That is. And now they're all of a sudden, they're almost cheering you on. Like, please sell me this thing. I got to hear about it. If and, and you don't have to fight anything. So you're going to be more in that on state, that ready state, as we call it in NLP, to deliver it because you are just stepping into fully 100% who you are. And we just found a way to take whatever position you have right now and make that advantageous. So those are examples of the setup. So then when you actually give the information, it has a heightened level of uh, value attributed to it based on how you set it up. That's, I mean, that is a really good setup, especially for people that are nervous or like it's their first time or their first couple webinars that that works so well. And you're right. It puts people in the state of mind that they need to be in to buy because it, it removes the defenses, right? Oh, of course, I'm going to listen to this guy. And like everyone roots for the underdog, which is really yeah. what that is. Yeah, that's a nice underdog setup, right? All right, so I got two more questions. We're we're coming we're coming to the end of this, but I have two more and it's specific to your story. If I understand your your like arc correctly, you did a lot of affiliate webinars. Like you started selling all different kinds of stuff and you actually did it by creating really good offers around their offer. Just something Russell Brunson teaches, it's something that like you we don't have man i wish we could get into the whole russell piece we might have to do an episode number two because you actually came in and changed the way click funnels did webinars and it's one of the reasons that russell is so successful yep. uh, russell says that i know you say it but it's also true um we've seen the behind the scenes of it so maybe we'll get to that later but the around of building an affiliate webinar if people are listening to this and they're like i would love to give webinars i feel like i'm reasonably good at public speaking but i don't have a product to sell how did you get into that and how did you generate lists to sell that to yeah great question so i i got into it out of frustration because we like my attitude in our business is let's just find the very best thing for our customers we can and then sell it to them and mm -hmm. I'm agnostic, whether we create it or you create it or somebody else creates it. If we have the audience and then we can say, what does this audience need or what would benefit them the most? If I can't create it, I'll go find it. And the reality is nobody can create everything that every audience wants. It's impossible. Nobody's that good, nor do they have that much time. And so I would go out on a quest to find products and I would evaluate them based on number of success stories that they had. And I would always look for them. Very hard to find, by the way. And when I'd find them, I'd bring these presenters on uh, to then sell to my audience. And I, I would prefer they had webinars because what I love about a webinar is value first, sell second. Mm -hmm. So independent of whether somebody bought or not on that webinar, they left better than they were before they showed up if the webinar is done correctly. 
but my frustration was time and again, we would see my business partner, Will, and I, we would see so many people not buy a product we knew they should buy. And that's, that's upsetting to me uh, because they don't, they, they don't get the ability to change their life and we don't make the money. So I started saying, well, what if we were able to just write the webinar and do it and just remove this variable? Let's say, let's let the expert be the expert and let's be the expert at selling that experts. And so we started doing that. And then we started to discover, hey, there's things that we could do that nobody else could do if they were selling their own thing. So a very common tactic in affiliate marketing at the time was offering bonuses. So buy through my affiliate link and you'll get all this stuff from me for free. That's nothing new. That's been around forever. Uh, what we didn't like about that, and I'm very hyper-focused on inefficiencies. So here's the thing is how much money do you make from the sell that almost occurs? And the answer is $0. A sell that's 99% closed is worth exactly $0 in your bank account. And I've just observed time and time again that people are afraid of a new potential future because it's different than what the reality is that they currently experience. So any small snag in the process can cost you dearly and cost the audience dearly. So what we didn't like about affiliate marketing was it went like this. Hey, go over there in that sales process and purchase this product. And then you will get these bonuses over here. So you're, you're splitting the attention. Over here's my bonus on this one site or email. Over there is the sales pitch. And that's a friction point. And so we were like, hey, listen, if I'm selling on a webinar, I don't want to hype it up on a webinar and then send them to their sales page. I want to create my own sales page with my own bonuses in line. And I want to have the whole thing orchestrated from start to finish in line. And so that's how we started doing that, is creating webinars to do that. And what we eventually discovered was it was better to have more emphasis on the free bonuses that we would give them when they signed up for that offer than it was even on what they were buying. So we'd spend five minutes on here's what the here's what the product is or here's the thing that we're promoting. And then we'd spend 45 minutes on here are all the bonuses you get from us for, for free when you buy that other person's product. And that other person wasn't on the call and it had this halo effect where we could say more about them than they could say about themselves and it'd be believable. But it also had this other effect. We're like, damn, you know that person, you could understand what they do even better than they can. So when I sign up through you, I'm really getting two resources. I'm getting two experts in my corner, not one. And so we fell in love with that concept of creating webinars on other people's stuff. It also freed me up, Steve, because I didn't have to create the product anymore. I could spend 100% of my time creating the marketing for the best product. So find the best products and then create the best marketing around it. And that's what sent us to the stratosphere. That's where we started breaking records. And to the point of how important the offer is in a webinar, it's almost, it's like 80% of the success in the webinar. So once upon a time, Russell was having just a challenging time making ClickFunnels work. Like they were to a point where they weren't sure if they 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 needed a breakthrough in order to get that to work where they could acquire customers at a profit. And he read a, a book that I wrote at the time, a little ebook. And in that, what I had discovered selling other people's stuff on webinars is especially with software is... Uh, I, uh, in general, it's better to make the software free as a bonus. So create a course. And then when they buy the course, they get X number of months of the software for free. And when he changed the ClickFunnel offer to that and used a webinar to sell that, that's when there was a massive churning point in ClickFunnels. And people don't even remember this, Steve. Like, And they were on the webinar and they bought it. 
they didn't realize he was selling a product and then gifting them the highest level of the ClickFunnels click yeah. membership for free. At first, I think it was 12 months and they tested six months and then they discovered there was no discernible difference in conversion. And so on these webinars, if you can have a killer offer and you start there, uh, it's you want to be the best chef you can be. But if you're not a good chef, you want to at least cook with the best ingredients that you can. So if you're an average chef, but you have the best ingredients, you're still going to make a nice, tasty meal. So for most of you listening right now, you could absolutely open the door to massive amounts of money if you find good products that are under-marketed. In one way or another, you say, I'll market that. And you can be an affiliate for those, or you can even go to the audience, uh, the guy that controls the audience, and say, let me try to sell your product to that audience. And then find a risk-free way to make that happen. A lot of fortune in that. That's, I mean, that I think is, that's what I saw you do. Um, I think it was like probably 2016 or 17. Like I saw you do a couple affiliate, basically like other people's products, but you own the delivery of the entire product, which mm -hmm. I thought was really, I mean, that's the key, right? Because then you know yeah. that they're actually getting it. They're getting the bonuses. Um if you were to approach somebody about that, what's your, cause what I, what I could hear my audience saying is like, why would so-and-so ever allow yep. me to sell their product? How did you get in the door with that? Cause that's, that's a good, I mean, that is a great model. I think it allows so many people, it solves the problem of, I need to create a product and deliver it. I just need to be a good salesperson. Yeah, you got to find a risk-free proposition. So everybody focuses on the wrong thing. And by the way, the more successful somebody is, the more they have to lose. And so this is why it's important. You have to obsess over this idea of how could I present this in a way that would be completely risk-free to that person or as risk-free as it can possibly get. Uh, so a way, it's not the only way, it's just an example of what I'm talking about here is if you identified seven or eight or nine or 10 potential products that are all kind of in the same market that serve the same audience and sell essentially the same thing, right? So let's say 10 keto products, 10 different products with slightly different appeals uh, on the ketogenic diet to lose weight. Uh, you could write a webinar that with slight cosmetic changes could point to and sell any one of those 10 products on the market. You could. So you could do the work once, but have an asset that potentially could sell 10 different things. And then you could record that webinar or a snippet of that webinar or some demonstration of the value that you could provide to that audience holder if you got in front of that audience. And then you could send it to them. And you can say, listen, I've uncovered a way that I think you could open up a whole bunch of new profit in your business and I can do it in a way that will never cost you anything or harm you or your brand or reputation in any way. I've gave you a clip and a preview of what that could look like here. If you want to see even more, respond back and we can talk about it. And here's what's great. I'm not beholden to anyone. I could send that to all 10 people in that market. Uh, and I could take it even a step further. I could say, listen, I've identified 10 people that have potential to do this with. I'm only going to start with one so I can focus 100% of my attention to. Uh, so first come first serve, you could do something like that if you want to, doesn't need to, but my, my greater point is this, you've had enticed them enough. Uh, you haven't risked their time by the way, cause it didn't take 27 minutes for them to figure out what you're even trying to say to them. Right. So you've minimized the risk of time. You minimize the risk and you've spoken the language that they're important to them to hear, which is you understand what's really at stake there. But what you want to do is you want to find situations where you take all the traffic that they've discarded, that they no longer value, or that they've never considered before and say, give me a little bit of that. 
and let me earn my way into the good graces of your business by proving to you on a small scale, no fail situation for you. I'll take on all the risk. We'll share in the reward. And then you trade up. It doesn't take too many of those. If you can do that once, then you can go and you can show people, I did that over here with X. Would you like sure. me to do it with Y? And now you don't have to be so let me take on all the risk. Now there could be potentially money exchanged up front. Now potentially you could have some leverage uh, in a deal situation like that. But you always want to lead with value first. Uh, and you want to find ways, you want to find opportunities where people are overlooking a whole bunch of money because they make even more money. So they're stepping over tens of thousands of dollars over here because they're making millions over there. Now, right. if you can get them the $10,000 free and clear to them with no effort, any smart person, I don't care, a billionaire, a millionaire, or somebody just starting out, will take an extra free $10,000 if they can get it, right? And if you can then get half of that, so maybe you can generate $20,000, you give them 10 and you keep 10. 10 to them is nothing. They'll take it if it's free, but it's nothing. 10 to you in a week might be everything. And so that's what you want to look at. And then a little bit of that will go a long ways. You now get a reputation. You now have experience. You now have confidence. Maybe you've created some resources that you can use again, like the same slide deck I use today on my webinars is pretty much the exact same template that I've designed eight years ago. So that's one less thing I have to do when I create a webinar now. And I got like a thousand of those one less things I have to do. So you can get right. paid to develop these resources that over time make you more efficient and create momentum for you. Jason, you're sharing so much. Like we just gave you guys a huge tactic. If you made it this far in, like Jason just gave you a framework that you can go and use probably in the next two to three days, get some conversations with people and find a way to turn that into, I think you made more than 10 grand with it. I mean, 10 grand would be 10 sales if it's a $2,000 sale, which if That's they are providing traffic and a product is definitely doable. Um, I really, really appreciate it. I think people listening really appreciate it. And it is, it's all about like finding ways to work with people and saying we can do this. Um, Jason, one last thing I have, I think people listening would be like, where, if you guys don't know Jason, one, you can go to his YouTube. He's got a great YouTube channel with a ton of valuable content. He's got the book that we talked about. The Amazon link is in the description below. If people wanted to check out one of your webinars, where would they go? So in the book, uh, we have a way for them to download a webinar so they can see it in action. There you go. Got to pick up the book. Trust me, it is worth every penny you will spend. on. I think it, I think I paid 22 bucks for it. Um, it wasn't that, but it, it's not like a crazy expensive book and it is worth its weight in gold. Jason, I have one more question for you. It goes to a story that I heard. I heard that you did a webinar once and you came back and there was a Tesla in your driveway. True or false? It wasn't for me. It was for a client, right? And this this is a great example of strategic problem solving, right? So we would get other affiliates to not compete against us, but to promote uh, with us. So I'd go to other people and say, hey, listen, you could promote this offer on your own, or you could have us promote it for you and we could split the profits. And so one time we did this for uh, a friend of mine. And he had a list, and this was an, an options trader list. So they wasn't even in the market of like digital marketing. And we were teaching an Amazon course that we were an affiliate of. So we were selling an Amazon course, how to get started on Amazon. And I, I convinced my friend to promote it to his options traders list. So that's a lesson in and of itself. What I didn't tell John 
uh, and and you can see this if you read it in the book, because I use them as a testimonial. What I didn't tell John, because we just said, we'll take care of it. We'll run the whole promotion for you, because he went on vacation to Italy. Uh, and And we... At this point in time for the product we were promoting, this is the way that this stuff works, Steve, is there's cash prices for a second, third, or there's different prices, cars and things like that, right? We had negotiated, we had won the contest 100% of the time, every single time they, they promoted the thing, right? So we negotiated with the vendor. We said, hey, listen, just give us the cash prize because we're going to win anyway. And then if all, one of our affiliates wins, let them get the cash prize too. And they said, okay. So I did not tell any of our partner affiliates that if they if they if they referred the most sales, you know, after us, they also won the grand prize. And so John let us promote it. He went on vacation and he came back, Tesla in the driveway, right? I mean, that is a pretty cool win, win, win. Do you think, I mean, if you're listening to this and you went on vacation, some somebody was like, hey, we're going to promote your list. We'll do everything. You go on vacation, you come back, you've got a Tesla in your driveway. Do you think that you're going to promote that again and again? And, and we sold $300,000 to his list that he, so he made, he made like $150,000 in commission, something like that too. Maybe more. I think, I think he actually made $300,000 in net commissions, uh, but I'm not sure exactly how much he made. So he, he promoted and he knew he was going to make money like that. He didn't also know he was going to get a, a free car out of the deal. <laughs> That's awesome. Jason, I just want to say thank you so much for dropping so much knowledge and taking some time with us today. Um, you shared so much, and I really appreciate it. It was super fun. We didn't even get into NLP, Bandler, any of that. So, But thank Part you. Two. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Awesome. If you guys are listening, make sure you check out the book. It is in the description down below. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon. Are you looking to scale your business, but trying to figure out how to get your message across? Well, go to storyselling.how to grab my free course that will show you how to discover everything that you need to build your business through stories. These stories work, whether it's in social media, email, or public speaking, there are five core stories that you'll learn. You'll be able to use all of them by the time you're done with this course. Again, that is storyselling.how. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to tune in next time.